Welcome to Think Again, a podcast by Macquarie Asset Management, providing financial advisors with a fresh perspective and innovative insights designed to keep you and your clients a step ahead. Hi, and welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Daniel Longdon, and you are listening to our Macquarie Fixed Income Strategic Forum 2023 Issue 1 podcast. As we've done previously, I'm delighted to be joined by Brett Luthwaite, CIO and Global Head of Macquarie Fixed Income. Brett, welcome back. Good to be here, Dan. Lots to discuss, and happy 2023. Yeah, likewise. So let's start with a quick refresher. The Fixed Income Strategic Forum sees you bring together the global fixed income team for a series of deep dive discussions on key issues in markets, providing an opportunity to cut through the short-term noise and set medium-term views and strategic positioning. Perhaps to kick us off, could you give our listeners a quick recap of how the market environment has evolved since we last met and some insights into how you are currently viewing financial markets? Sure, Dan. Um... Well, I think uh, as 2023 has commenced, there generally is this uh, um, better sentiment around the outlook. Um, Obviously, we're seeing fairly good performance from financial markets as well. Um, And if we sort of trace it back to its beginnings, it really sort of ties back to the peak, particularly in US inflation back in October. And as I guess confidence around inflation coming down has sort of grown, um, there's a sense, I guess, in, in at least financial markets, that perhaps with inflation coming off, uh, the worst of, I guess, the central bank monetary policy tightening cycle was perhaps behind us. And I, I guess if you extend that further, and it probably self-reinforces that, I guess, there's growing um, belief or hope that maybe, just maybe, central banks have... Um, pulled off an almost seamless or immaculate, uh, very aggressive tightening cycle. Uh, And that's kind of where we find ourselves today. When we think about um, the conversations that we've had and when we last spoke, we touched on inflation and we we talked in particular, because it it was such a a big topic, around our beliefs around most of the uh, pressures on inflation were coming from the supply side. And we, we went through those two supply shocks and we also said but what about you know the second third and fourth round water effects the labor market and we also talked about maybe some of those future themes around onshoring or energy crisis or greenflation um, and all these sorts of components that perhaps meant that inflation was was going to perform at a higher level but ultimately we came back to the view that even with base effects alone we felt that inflation was going to come off and as it did, we felt that you could have this period in markets where things would perform better. And that's kind of what's played out. But I, I don't think that's necessarily the whole story. Okay. And that's kind of where we pick up the conversation today. Thanks, Brett. So markets seem to be embracing this more positive sentiment in 2023. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's really about trying to list to the best that we can what is that sort of move in markets representing? And I guess what's the, the narrative around that? And I guess it's, well, inflation was causing problems. Central banks needed to respond to that. They did that in a significant way. Inflation is now coming off 
Now, whether that was always going to happen or whether that's because of what central banks did, we can talk about a little bit more. But now that that, I guess, issue in the global economy is dissipating, um, perhaps that threat is now behind us. And equally, when we think about the impact so far on the global economy, largely, you know, economies have been fairly resilient to what we've seen. And so there is this, I guess, question out there that perhaps the post-pandemic economy with its tight labour markets is, is now able to handle higher interest rates, lack of uh, you know, less, you know, in the past we had QE, now, now we, we can have liquidity contraction, that perhaps the, the economy of the way forward is far more resilient to these things. Okay, so do you think that the economy is resilient? Well, I think it's, um, it's a story that's very easy on the air. And I think <laughs> many of us would like to, to believe that that would be the case. Imagine being able to achieve that uh, significant tightening uh, yep. policy reaction and, and not have an impact. But realistically, when we look through the past, we know that ultimately monetary policy works with long and variable lags. And there's more likely more questions around, you know, how long will those lags take to come through? Uh, and let me elaborate on that a little bit more. I think if we, we stop for a moment and just list the things that we know, um, and a lot of this we've already written about and we've spoken about and we've done presentations, things like uh, titles around central banks are hiking, quantitative tightening, very, very frightening. Our client presentation towards the end of the year was you know, central banks, rebels without a pause in the sense of just how aggressive these things were. I think we have to first acknowledge that the tightening cycle that we experienced in 2022, that we are still experiencing today, is the most aggressive monetary policy tightening cycle since 1980, when Volcker was dealing with some inflation challenges in the United States in you know, the late 70s. So it's, we haven't seen anything like this in decades. And when we, so we, we know that that's aggressive and we know that monetary policy in the past has always had an impact on the economy. Uh, and we know that it's, it's had a lagged impact. Um, when we compare today's modern economy to the one that we've had in the past, or last time we had a cycle like this, the big difference among so many others was that there was very little debt usage in the economy back in the 70s and 1980s. Whereas today we have one of the most indebted global economies we've ever seen. And we've pointed out many a time in our presentations the more in debt you are, the more sensitive you are to higher interest rates. And so to have such an aggressive tightening cycle into such an indebted situation, it would be rational to think that there's going to be an impact. Um, there are other things that we also know. Um, we know that this tightening cycle also is being accompanied by a shift away from significant ongoing liquidity support mm -hmm. of the economy through quantitative easing to the opposite, which is quantitative tightening. And so there's even additional tightening on, on top of what we're seeing. So it is, is very, very aggressive into a very, very indebted economy. Um, and we also know that when we look at the patterns of past cycles, there are so many fingerprints of what you would normally see at this point in time sort of being reflected in those past episodes. Yeah. Things like the inversion of yield curves, which occurs when it occurs the rule is it's never different this time. There's always a growth slowdown that comes next, and it's sometime in the next nine to 12 months. A lot of these patterns are there for everyone to see. 
And I think collectively, when we think about that, and we add that last piece that we also know that monetary policy is a fairly blunt tool, but it's mm -hmm. a tool that works with very long and variable lags. And some of those lags are 15 to 18 months. And even the tightening we've seen most recently, we won't feel its impact for you know, 12, 15, 18 months. I think it's rational to think that some of that tightening impact that we saw last year, keeping in mind that central banks were hiking, particularly the Fed, at 75 basis points each and every month, without pause to see what the impact might be, those long and variable lags are more likely to be visible in the year ahead. Okay, so let's dig into that a bit further. We've discussed that the global economy is perhaps heading into a recession. What, what are your team's views and what are your views and how are you thinking about that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because everything I, I think I just articulated uh, is indicative of a growth slowdown or recession coming towards us. I think we're cognizant that that's pretty consensus. Like it's almost the, the most forecast recession that I can remember. Yeah. Um, and to some degree, it's the most forecast one that no one seems to think they'll be impacted by, <laughs> including financial markets, which is, which is always quite interesting. We really spent a lot of time at, this, at the strategic forum. And I think where we came out was acknowledging every economy is different. But the big ones and most important ones, like the United States, for example, um, the work that we did revealed that the starting point this time in terms of imbalances or balance sheet health, particularly of households and, and businesses, was at a fairly robust point. Yeah. We acknowledge that labour markets are still very tight. And when we add all these components together, at the moment, the elements of perhaps um, central banks breaking things are, are less. Mm. It looks more like, I guess, uh, a, a traditional cyclical type recession. But we would say, given where we've come from and how much debt is in the system and perhaps some of the excesses from all that zero rates for so long and all that liquidity leading to everything in terms of crypto tokens and <laughs> these sorts of things suggest that there was quite a little excess in the system, that there are still risks here that perhaps the slowdown could morph into something uh, more pronounced. But for the moment, our, our leaning sense is it, it's, it's more of a cyclical recession. But the fascinating thing about it is, and I think about the nature of our conversations, Dan, is mm. we were sitting here three or four months ago and everyone wanted to talk about inflation and everyone was convinced inflation was was with us forever. And there's still a lot more in that story. I, I don't want to come across as saying that that inflation might not oscillate around or maybe it doesn't come down as quickly as not. And I think we need to talk about it at central banks at some point as well. But right here, right now, the topic of the day is what, what's your view on the economy? Are we going to have a recession? But the true story in that is, is like, maybe the economy does have a recession. Maybe it's soft, maybe it's hard. But the real question that I think we should be trying to address is, is not so much the economy, it's financial markets. Will financial markets have a soft or hard landing? Because it was financial markets that benefited so much from the zero interest rate environment, from all that liquidity, from all that support from central banks. And today we don't have that environment anymore. We have a higher cost of capital. We have much higher volatility. 
we don't have the liquidity anymore. We're actually heading in towards a liquidity contraction. And so focusing just on the economy, I think to some degree seems to be, to be missing the real focus of the discussion. Okay, Brett, so let's just go back to your point in the, the conversation there around central banks. Um, they continue to hike and we've seen the impact on markets. What, what is your outlook? Yeah, it's an interesting point. Um, to some degree, markets this year are sort of looking through the fact that central banks are continuing to hike. Um, and I mentioned central banks there because I, I do think it's, it's an interesting shift that may be going on there. When we think about the better performance of markets so far in 2023, I think it's rational that perhaps markets are looking through uh, the situation and saying, well, inflation's coming off. Central banks have done this incredibly aggressive tightening cycle. Uh, there will be an impact for that, but the need for them to keep going is, is no longer really there. And if things get bad, um, they will quickly pivot like they've done so many other times before, and they will be there back assisting markets. Therefore, um, we don't necessarily need to price a recession in. Got it. Now, I think that's kind of twisted in a couple of ways. One is, I think it's rational to think that central banks will probably respond to the slowdown. It would it'd be rare to have a, a view that says, we think there's going to be a recession, but central banks aren't going to cut interest rates. Yeah. So those two things almost join, and they generally always happen. But I think it's important to understand the perspective this time from central banks is slightly different. Mm. They were late to fighting an inflation situation, albeit it came from the supply side, but still they had to play a lot of catch up. And they're now coming from behind that and they're aware of the broader impacts. They know it's their job to, to manage inflation, that they missed that piece. And they know if they ease up too quickly, there is a risk that you get another flare up of inflation. And it's that second flare up that quite often is the most destructive. And so they will probably go to greater lengths uh, to avoid that situation. Now that's very different to the past, where every time in the past they were kind of supporting growth, supporting growth, oh, let's do some more, let's do some more. This time the mindset's the other way, cannot let inflation get out of, uh, out of the bottle again. And so what I think that means is the reaction function this time, at least from central banks, even though it probably still comes, is more likely to be fairly delayed. And again, financial markets acting as if it, it will be like the past could be misplaced. So the chance, I guess, of a central bank policy error here, I think in 2023 is, is quite a bit higher than in the past. Okay, I just want to bring you back to an interesting nuance you made between the difference between financial markets and the economy. Can you explain? Yeah, I think we sort of articulated everything that we know there and we've had that significant focus on the economy. And to maybe wrap our hands around that, the key point there is that Monetary policy works with long and variable lags. And it's very normal that there is a delayed reaction in the economy. And everybody is focused on that. Consensus forecasts around growth slowdown and recessions. But I was making the point more about the, the second piece, which is the economy may be slightly different, may be more resilient because of the pandemic, the tight labor markets but it, it's financial markets that not only need to adjust to a much higher cost of capital uh, in terms of that aggressive tightening cycle that monetary policy uh, has, has, or central banks have enacted, but central banks have also shifted away from quantitative easing 
and are heading uh, to further and further levels of quantitative tightening or liquidity contraction or money contraction in the economy. And when we think back over the past 12 years, one of the primary influences that was very supportive of asset valuations in particular, and that's not just, I guess, financial markets is beyond that into property markets and the like as well, was this incredible amount of quantitative easing that took place. And in past conversations we've talked about, you know, I know, everybody knows, when there's quantitative easing, it's been supportive of asset prices, and that's gone up and up and up. But we've had this abrupt shift now to liquidity contraction. And so if it was supportive on the way up, and it's now um, in tightening and forecast to get much, much tighter, financial markets have to deal with not only much higher cost of capital, but that liquidity draining from the system as well. And so when we put those two things together, the possibility of at least a cyclical recession yeah. and financial markets also grappling with a lot uh, more expensive money and a lot less availability of it, the chance that financial markets have a harder landing in the economy, I think is a very realistic thought for the year ahead. Okay, so let's move into investment implications. You've given us great background. What are you seeing in portfolios and, and how you're actioning that? Well, incorporating you know, a much better start to 2023, whereas markets are to some degree embracing or self-reinforcing on the belief that perhaps um, the worst is behind us. You know, the starting level of valuations and even still some of the concern in, in the fixed income markets, I think you know, does set up some, some pretty interesting opportunities. If we reflect now on what we've talked about, the fact that interest rates are now a lot higher, that we know that there's longer variable lags um, of monetary policy it should start to impact growth. On top of that, we have the liquidity contraction that we think will be a much bigger deal for financial markets than perhaps the real economy, keeping in mind that financial markets could then feed back into the real economy. Um, I think the advance so far this year looks a little bit premature. Um, even if it hadn't happened, I think we'd have very similar views, but because of these moves, I, I think we can have a higher level of conviction. Um, but generally, as we get close to the end of hiking cycles, and that's definitely what we're seeing now, is you know, bonds or duration um, become very attractive. And we haven't seen yields like this for some time. And so we've been positioning our portfolios longer and longer duration knowing that in recessions, bonds always do very well. And, and this outlook suggests the similar will happen. And equally, given that, I guess, the risk asset side of things, and for us, it's credit for high yield and emerging markets, you know, they've you know, benefited from this sort of shift to better sentiment so far this year. They're not really priced for a recession. They're not really priced for that liquidity contraction. Uh, we've become even more cautious on that and taken our exposure down there. We're also running fairly high levels of cash because we believe as perhaps the year plays out, some better opportunities are there. And to so summarise it, far more constructive on duration, accumulating that in our portfolios, quite cautious on the credit side of things, really being careful with um, the industries and the different names that we're happy to, to, there, uh, to hold there and remain fairly cautious on those, those higher beta sectors, in particular high yield. Holding a bit more cash, and the collection of that is a pretty conservative position based on you know, the sense that we are dealing with that delayed reaction of monetary policy 
as well as liquidity contraction that we anticipate will affect financial markets. Thank you, Brett. Let's wrap up there. Really appreciate your insights and experience during these interesting and challenging times in markets. You can find out more about the Macquarie Fixed Income Team online or directly from our relationship managers. So do reach out if you have any further questions. And thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for more information on topics from this episode. And be sure to subscribe to Think Again wherever you get your podcasts. This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only, and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objective will be realized, or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation, and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty expressed or implied is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed, without independent verification, on the accuracy and completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Macquarie Asset Management is a full-service asset manager, offering a diverse range of products across public and private markets, including fixed income, equities, multi-asset solutions, private credit, infrastructure, renewables, natural assets, real estate, and asset finance. The public investment business is a part of Macquarie Asset Management and includes investment products and advisory services distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors, LP, a registered broker slash dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of MIMBT. Macquarie Group refers to Macquarie Group Limited and its subsidiaries and affiliates worldwide. Delaware Funds by Macquarie refers to certain investment solutions that Macquarie Asset Management Public Investment distributes, offers, refers, or advises. Other than the Macquarie Bank Limited, any Macquarie Group entity noted in this podcast is not an authorized deposit-taking institution for the purposes of the Banking Act 1959. The obligation of these other Macquarie Group entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank. Macquarie Bank does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these Macquarie Group entities. In addition, if this podcast relates to an investment, the investor is subject to investment risk, including possible delays of repayment and loss of income and principal invested, and none of the Macquarie Bank or any other Macquarie Group entity guarantees any particular rate of return on or the performance of the investment, nor do they guarantee repayment of capital in respect of the investment.